I'm Jan. I'm an alcoholic. Um, oh, I don't know what you're going to hear. Um, I never do know what I'm going to say. Don't know. Um, you know, I, I just know that I asked God to please help me with this. Um, I really wasn't thinking too much about this um, on my way down here. Um, my uh, day started out pretty rough. I got up at 4 o'clock this morning and um, because, you know, I'm, I'm an alcoholic that tries to do too many things. I try to um, probably distract myself with doing lots of things uh, all at the same time, trying to do them all. Um, probably inadequately, but um, I guess I have just recently gone back to school, and I, I was up during the night trying to do my homework that was due. I found out it was overdue, and um, uh, I guess, you know, so I was trying to do that at 4 o'clock. I had to be someplace at 6.30 this morning, get back home, get ready to go, and my patient family was waiting for me to get in the car to come down here, and they waited an extra hour for me, and, um, you know, as an alcoholic, you know, I'm just always thinking somebody else is going to wait for me, you know, and I've come up in this program. I feel like I've grown up in this program, and I still have a ways to go, you know, that I'm um, still self-centered, still need uh, a lot more growing. Uh, my uh, anniversary in AA is July 21st, 2001, and I think they say that we, you know, we quit growing at that point, and uh, for me, uh, I'm still, I don't know, maybe only about 15 years old, so I'm trying. I'm just a bad teenager right now, Mom. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you, um, you know, I asked, you know, when we got here this afternoon, things start calming down, but all the way down here I kept telling myself, I'm just going to, you know, be in the now, be in today, because that's one of the things I've been practicing um, with a special spiritual group I've been working with on Thursdays is to just be in the now, you know, and I'm thinking I'm doing okay at it until I get in the car. My brother's radio doesn't work in his car. You know, I feel like, okay, that's a sign that I'm supposed to be, you know, in the moment. But no, I get on my phone, and I'm checking all my messages at work, and I'm seeing what's going on there. And um, I'm not happy because I turned in a grade that I'm not happy with, and I'm just, my mind's just going, and I'm just not in the moment, you know. I'm just thinking yesterday, future, I'm not here. And uh, we show up here, and I'm thinking, you know, I need not to be the first speaker, I'd like to be the last speaker, because um, whatever my brother's going to say, I have to have a rebuttal, you know, and um, so, you know, God's got a plan for me, always has, it's always been better than mine, and what, you know, of course, I walk in the door, and some nice lady comes up and says, oh, you're tonight's speaker, I couldn't believe it, I said, you know, God, again, you know, is making me humble, is, or it's going to try to make me humble, I say. Um, I just thought it was kind of funny. I'm trying to get a hold of my sponsor. I can't get a hold of her. Um, she's also working on that tax season thing, which is kind of ironic because I'm a CPA. I'm here. Did I? <laughs> I, haven't, I didn't do but five tax returns this year because I do a little different work now. But um, I just think that's funny that my sponsor is busy doing the taxes and can't talk to me. Um, but she's... Uh, she, has, she has really helped raise me the last, you know, um, 12 and a half years. Um, I don't know. So, you know, right when I found out I was going to have to talk first, I thought, you know, God's got a plan. Uh, you know, speak from the heart, and whatever comes out, I'm really sorry. <laughs> but So, you know, like I said, I came up 
kind of, um, I think, slow in this program. They say sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. Well, I'm one of those. Um, I've been, I feel like I've grown so much more. I've gone through so many more things sober than I, than I maybe, maybe I went through them while I was drinking. I don't know because I was a blackout drinker. And I, I don't know, I just think some really big things happened while I was sober. And uh, if it wasn't for this program, I could have never made it through. Um, and if the right people, if I hadn't been in the center of AA, I know I wouldn't have made it. Um, I started out um, drinking at a very young age because I grew up in an Irish Catholic family that um, celebrated a lot of things, like uh, weddings, funerals, um, you know, all kinds of things. We, my parents were from, both from really big families, and we had lots of, uh, you know, outings with the families. And, you know, alcohol was always a part of it. You know, I did grow up an alcoholic family. I thought it was great, but I'm an alcoholic. You know, I fit in well. Um, the, uh, the chaos that, you know, went on when I was there, um, I just thought it was fun, you know. The, um, when I looked at my friends' families, I thought they did seem th some things differently, but I didn't think what was going on at my house was wrong. I just thought it was okay. I didn't see anything different. It wasn't until I got up and got out and went out into the world that, you know, I and made my own alcoholic household and family <laughs> that I made, you know, probably questioned it. But I started drinking when I was very small, taking sips of beer, you know, at the at the parties, and um, you know, and I used to say we always drank, we always drank. And I remember one day I thought, who is we? Because <laughs> it won't it wouldn't be my brother who's going to talk tomorrow, because you know he didn't seem like he caught this disease. Um, I think you know that was just my mind. I'm thinking we're all doing it. I'm thinking we're all alcoholic. I'm thinking we're all I'm in it with everybody. I don't realize it's just me. You know, there's nobody else doing this but me. Um, I, and I couldn't even um, tell you my last drunk, when, which was pretty, for me, it was traumatic. I can't even tell you everybody who was there. Um, there was, uh, I recently made amends to one of the people who were And uh, I, we were b going back and forth talking about who was there. And he was telling me somebody was there. And I, and, uh, I really can't recall. So I don't know who I drug along with me. It's been a, um, a long period of recovery, and I know I have a lot more to go. Anyway, I started drinking really young, taking sips. I, you know, I hear some people talk about um, they had that, you know, aha moment or whatever when they drank. I don't ever remember that. I, um, I just always drank, you know. I think probably when I got in high school, it was um, more of a fun thing, I guess, sort of. You know, I get in these car loads with the girls, and we'd have to go down to a place in Cincinnati, or it's Newport. I grew up in Fort Thomas, Kentucky, and there was a place called Bridge Liquor down by the river. And we'd go up down there, and we'd take turns going in trying to buy liquor. Um, and, I, you know, I looked like I was 12 when I was 16. And, you know, go in there, and they all laugh at you <laughs> because we take turns. But I didn't, I didn't really think any of that was fun. Because I drank for the effect. I drank um, because I wanted to drink. I didn't really drink because I wanted to drink with all, all of them. I didn't get a big kick out of going and getting the alcohol. Um, for me, I thought I can just drink at home. There's plenty of alcohol in my house. I don't really need to go do this. And I just thought it was kind of, you know, inefficient <laughs> as far as 
getting alcohol. So, you know, we had some parties at our house. I had parties for um, my friends at my house, and that's what I would have preferred to do. You know, of course, at the end, nobody was drinking with me. But, you know, we'd go try to get that alcohol, and then we just do what kids do, you know. And I was thinking, I don't know when it exactly changed, but I remember having those feelings, the same feelings that I hear at all the meetings that I go to. Um, and my home group is the uh, Promises Club in Newport, Kentucky, 12 and 12 on Tuesday night. Eight o'clock, please stop by. But um, train of thought. But when he, um, and I so we, okay. So I drank in my basement with my friends. Did parties there. But when I was in high school, you know, something changed. And I go to these meetings, and I hear all these same feelings that I had. Um, the feelings of inferiority, uh, fear, fear about everything, fear of speaking in public for one of them. <laughs> fear of. I remember that class in college. That was like the worst thing I ever went through. Um, but, you know, just fear of everything. You know, fear of uh, everybody else had everything I didn't have, and I don't know what they had, but I wanted it. Uh, I just thought everybody else was normal, and I wasn't. I just thought everybody was taller, everybody was prettier, everybody was smarter. And then somewhere along the line, I decided I thought I was smart, and I was thinking I was holding on to that one thing, and that was the thing that was going to get me through. Um, doesn't appear to be the case today. Um, but I'll tell you, uh, I, you know, I just kind of went along with that, and I think there was, you know, many uh, attempts at, you know, trying to, you know, disappear from the earth, you know, because I didn't think I was good enough. You know, I had these feelings going through high school, and then, you know, um, one day I, I um, left, you know, get through high school and went on and was working at a bank over the summer. And I ran into this young man who was delivered mail at where I was working. And um, I don't know, you know, how we know each other. We, um, we can pick each other out. And there he was. I knew he was perfect. And right away when I saw him, I thought, I'm going to marry him. Didn't even know his name yet. And I married him a year later. And, um, you know, so then we became, we became um, you know, best friends or whatever. And... Um, did a lot of drinking and partying together. And, you know, it was kind of on. And I, I left um, my parents' home at that point and just, you know, hung out with him because the chaos in his house was the better kind of chaos. I mean, I loved it. He, had, uh, he was the youngest of eight. He had seven brothers and then uh, six brothers. And, you know, it was like um, I thought that I got to do some fun things. But his family, it was just like they all hung out together and they all partied together, uh, just a different level. And I just, I loved it all. I loved all the chaos. Um, I hung out with the brothers. We call them the brothers. I hung out with the brothers all the time. And it was like we were like two crippled other up because it, it, got, it got insane. Um, we would go to, um, you know, all kinds of, you know, festivals and parties. It was, there was no difference between a Monday and a Saturday it just continued on. Um, one you know, time when I was working, he had left the bank, and um, I was working at the bank in the summer, and him and his brothers picked me up, and we were going to, um, they called it a champagne jam, when we were not champagne drinkers. And they uh, picked me up to go to this champagne jam, and you know, we get to this really nice restaurant. You know, and if anybody knows Northern Kentucky, I now know it's the precinct, which is not a restaurant that we would have, we were, you know, beer drinkers in the living room. But anyway, um, 
you know, I don't know what happened exactly, but, you know, we were only there a few minutes, and this is kind of the way things went for us. You know, we were there a few minutes. People were dressed up real nice. We weren't, and uh, we were only there a few minutes, and suddenly I can see all this, you know, action going on at the other end of the bar, and I knew that was us, you know. I knew that was, you know, that's how we did. And um, it was, you know, we broke out in a fight. We all had to get kicked out, and um, then we went to go get our... I don't know how we got our car because uh, we must have had two cars there. I don't remember how it all happened, but uh, we go driving up uh, Columbia Parkway, which is a big road in um, the east side of Cincinnati. It's got a big curve on it, and you know I don't know what was going on exactly because I said I was a you know blackout drinker, and um, he says I jumped. I said I was pushed. You know I don't know. I don't remember why I would jump out of a car, but. Um, you know, I go rolling down Columbia Parkway on this, you know, curve. You know, and there was nothing wrong with me. I was fine. It was like, you know, I just had to go to the hospital. Everything was fine. And, you know, he went to jail. That's, that's kind of the way things went for us. It just kind of, you know, and, you know, I, I guess the, um, the uh, partying was, but we just really couldn't get anywhere. It was like, we th- we get you know ten dollars and we'd be anywhere, and so I don't know uh, exactly what brought this to my mind, but I remember thinking you know what would solve this, a baby. We had a baby because we got married along the way. You know we had one of those alcoholic weddings in the backyard, you know where one of the you know groomsmen doesn't show up on time, and you know we all ended up going to a bar right after the wedding, and and I will never forget. My husband disappeared with my brother, not this brother, a different brother, and um, we found him later on in a strip club the night of the wedding. We, we run into the bar, me and the girls run into the bar, we're all still in our, I had my wedding dress on, they had the bridesmaids dresses on, just to get them out of the bar, and it was, you know, that was just the way we did things. And, um, but as we're going to look for them in that bar, we stop at a neighborhood bar, I remember looking up, because everywhere we stopped, we got a free drink because we were in our outfits. <laughs> but I look up at the bar, and there's a big sign. It's the barred list. And for those of you who did in those kind of establishments, it's the list of people who are not allowed in the bar anymore. And sometimes they just leave the list up there and cross people off or put them back on. You know, It's not an automated list. But here on the list were, there were three or four people who were in the family. And I thought, we're sitting at the table, one of them. You know, I just thought it was the best, you know, that I was part of. Because I never felt part of. Now I'm part of this crazy group of people. And, um, and that's the way it was. It just continued that. You know, and things, you know, kind of progressed. And we, we moved up and out of that area. But, you know, there was always something, you know, blowing up and, you know, going wrong in our lives. You know, we just couldn't, couldn't get anywhere. And... Um, you know, we had that baby, and um, I got to tell you, you know, I love my children, world. I would do anything for my children, but you know, the party and was keeping on, and, um, you know, I didn't, it never occurred to me, I guess. I didn't think like that then. I just, I don't know. You know, I talked to girls today, and um, I don't know why, but, you know, I, you know, I just didn't put down. I just didn't think about it. I was um, pretty far along, and, um, one of my brother-in-laws, who I thought was the biggest stoner old. I, you know, I loved him dearly, but, you know, he was the biggest. And I, that's how I thought of him then. I love it. He, um, he came up to me and says, don't you think um, 
I was mortified because I thought, oh, my gosh, he's telling me. What's that mean? And, um, you know, that, that kind of startled me. Um, but, you know, I just went on because somehow, you know, how we justify, and, or at least I do, justify, and um, my mind tells me what I want to hear. You know, that's what my sponsor tells me. That's why you need a sponsor because they tell you what you don't want to hear. You tell yourself what you want to hear. But, you know, I, um, I just didn't until it was like the last. Um, but, you know, and I also hear girls, they get, and um, I didn't say anything to those doctors. and those, They didn't really ask me, you know, and uh, my husband and I, we didn't even speak of, you know, he knew, I knew. Uh, we didn't talk to other people about it. We didn't help those doctors figure anything out, you know, like a month later. And, um, and um, you know, I'll tell you, every time, you know, he was in kindergarten, he couldn't write straight, you know, or he had trouble with a little kid, or, you know, he just didn't do anything right. And I, I you know, because I know, that's why I know that I'm, because if that didn't sober me up, um, but, you know, we just kept on. You know, I, I kept on. Um, in 1987, I had a scare that came up. And the things I said, I, I thought that my, I was smart, and that was what was going to get me through. Well, um, one of the things that I thought made me smart was the jobs I got. Well, because I, I just, like I hear a lot of alcoholics say that they just think that if you just try really hard, work really hard, you know, you'll, you'll get what you need. You know, that's the way I kind of thought. If I just try really, really hard, work really, really hard, I'll, I'll somehow get by. And um, 19, and I, one of the ways I measured that was, you know, trying to get better jobs. And then, you know, I never went, now I was not the best employee, but, you know, I knew to move along before they got to me, you know. So I knew to stay, you know, when you get the signs, you know, you start off like gangbusters and then it gets a little bit dicey and, you know, time or could put apps in or something. And, you know, that's what happened. Um, 1987, I got this job. I, got, I went and I um, interviewed for this job, and they called me up. You got it, you got it. And I was so happy. You know, we all went out partying that weekend, celebrating. And um, Tuesday, they called me back and said, oh, by the way, we have a drug test. And I thought, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do about that. So I postponed it a couple days. And my brother-in-laws were all telling me what to do with you. And um, you know, I wasn't really sure um, you know, how I was going to handle this because I already gave my notice. Here come um, you know, by the grace of God, I passed, and, you know, I shouldn't have. I, you know, that was, and that, that scared me, because I did one of those prayers that um, I hear a lot of alcoholics talk about, just, that, you know, you let me do this, and I'll never do that again. And um, when I passed that test, I thought, oh, that, that's, uh, I think that was a miracle or something. And I, so, you know, I had a discussion with, you know, but my drinking picked up. Um, you know, I just had to, you know, because the feelings were all still there. There was... There was no lack of fear. Um, now I thought people were going to find me out because, you know, that's going to come up any time. They're going to come back on me about that. But, you know, none of that happened. You know, and we just um, tried to, you know, do the best we could. You know, like I said, we were, and, um, you know, I just kept on, you know, trying to do different things. And at some point, you know, I, my life continued, and um, we had another baby when, you know, we were having some marital difficulties and uh, we went ahead and had a baby because that was going to make that better. And um, I guess it did for a while. I don't know if the baby made it. So things got better for a while, but it wanted to be, I thought we were kids. And, you know, we all hung out with the brothers. We partied with the brothers. We didn't, um, 
we didn't just do things with the kids. Like other people, my kids had birthday parties at Chuck E. Cheese because they see here, you know. They didn't get to go to other places because they don't know. Um, and that's, that's the way I, um, and when I had birthday parties for my kids, I invited all those people. I mean, we had, a, we had a, our, our kind of party for the kids' party. And it never occurred to me to do it differently. Always the, um, the big one was always the going back to school party that I had that um, was like a blowout, drunk and drown. You know? um, but we, anyway, we moved to this neighborhood, and there's, we met all these other nice couples with their kids and start um, hanging out with them. And we were doing, like, partying with them, but we're just kind of like at a family or nicer family level. I don't know, trying to pretend, you know, like we were like them or something. I, that's what I thought we were doing. And, um, you know, I guess somewhere along the line, you know, my drinking took a different turn, you know. I... I I couldn't just drink with them. You know, I was drinking every night, when, you know, every day when I got home from work, all night long until I passed out, you know. And uh, my husband, I didn't, what I didn't tell you was he worked at night for, we were married 21 years and he worked at nurse. So, you know, it kind of worked for me because I could drink what I, you know, how I wanted, where I wanted. And, um, you know, he, he wasn't there. We didn't have... Uh, any disagreement about that, but so my drinking took off, and I'm, you know, I'm drinking pretty heavily every night. I did this thing with, um, I would, because, uh, you know, I wanted to justify it in my mind that I was an alcoholic, and I would um, come home, go to the gym, run 3.1 miles, and if I finished that, I could come home and drink. I mean, that was in my mind. Go do that, and you can drink, because, you know, that's normal. I'm doing that, so I cannot be. I cannot have a problem. And I would um, come home and do that. Well, I got really fast. Um, I would get up there. I would go to the gym, and I'd get on there, and I, people would stop me and say, you're getting really fast at that running thing. And I'd think, yeah, because as soon as I get out of here, I'm stopping at Marathon and picking up my 12-pack. But, you know, that even got really um, complicated because we had a refrigerator. I don't, know, you know, I don't know if every alcoholic has it, but when I grew up, we always had a tap. Um, which was really a great asset to have when you're a teenager. Dad's tap, you just make sure you don't blow it because Dad knows that you've been in. So here I am, uh, an adult, and we got this refrigerator in the garage. And, you know, it's his beer, my beer, wine coolers on the door for our lightweight friends. And then, um, you know, we have alcohol in the closet, but during the week, you know, I drink beer. You know, wine if there's no beer. But I drink beer, and I, you know, I drink regular beer. He drinks special beer. But what was happening was um, I come home from work, and he's gone. I'm drinking my beer, and then I start drinking his beer because I run out of my beer. And then this vicious cycle starts where um, I go up to the marathon store and get my beer, which is normal beer, fill it back up because like, he can't know how much I'm drinking. And then I drink his beer. Well, they don't have it there. They only have that at Kroger. So I'm still sweaty because I just ran really fast so I could go to, you know, marathon and get my beer. And then I have to, now I have to go to Kroger. Well, Kroger has those uh, cashiers. And those cashiers, right when you walk in, they're judging you. They're judging you right when you walk in. They're like, look at that bad mom. She's coming in here to buy beer every night. I mean, I knew it. I knew they were looking at me and judging me. And it just... Continued, I mean, I, I would just like, I could, uh, the sick feeling in my stomach that when I was going to have to walk into Kroger because I had to go pick up his.
and he should have had more of it, you know, or something. That's what I thought. But I couldn't let him know, you know, how much I'm drinking. So I would, you know, go up there and sometimes I'd throw up some milk up there on the on the conveyor belt so that they would think that, I don't know, I'm normal. I don't know. But I would do it all the time. But the marathon guy, this is why um, I would go to this marathon store. And I felt like we were like, we had this connection guy. Because he didn't ever look at me funny. That's the way I thought. I mean, it's not, you know, they say the disease of perception, maybe. But uh, I used to think, he just me. He just, I throw up this beer up there. I come in here all sweaty because I come straight from the gym there. And he, you know, not, a, not, a, not, a, not an inkling of judgment coming from him. So sometimes I'd buy my milk from him just to throw in my business. That's the way I felt. But it just, you know, it was just getting kind of out of control. It just constantly, well, the symptoms, because, you know, I was a lot of um, drinking until I pass out every night. And, of course, kids got homework. They want dinner, you know, that isn't just chicken nuggets uh, on a pan in the oven. Things like that. It just was um, getting crazy. And then I had this uh, problem with, you know, trying to keep that refrigerator stocked. And then we drank bottles. Well, the recycling bin was a problem because, you know, he can look in the recycling bin and see what's going on with the bottles. So I had this perfect, you know, I I wrapped with newspaper, you know, layered everything so they wouldn't rattle and handled the recycling bin personally for takeout garbage day because I didn't want anybody to see what I was doing, you know, obsessive. Like, I I mean, I felt exhausted every morning inventory control you know and I would try I would try writing down like how many beers were there um, because I was thinking man these are fast and I would try to write all that down and you know then I couldn't remember what I wrote down and when I wrote it down and where I put it and it was um, getting out of control well I had the 17 year old at the time who was um, unbeknownst to me hitting that refrigerator too um making it more challenging and I just thought it was getting harder and it, it was getting harder but uh, that came out later he's also a member of this program uh, he came into the program seven months different different door but he came in um, but I don't know we I don't know it was chaos I mean uh, I, there was nobody talking to anybody I wasn't uh, being very attentive to my husband or my kids or my job really I was I was struggling at my job because I had grad, I was, you know, because I do everything alcoholically, you know. So I was working two jobs, going to school full time. Well, that might blow, you know. And um, but I got through that stuff. But what happened was I start working at this place where, because I got rid of the two jobs after I graduated and started this full time job. But it was very demanding. It's for younger people, and it was, you know, seventy hours a week, tax season. You know, pretty demanding job. And um, here I am, you know, drinking like that and trying to handle this job. Well, the, one of my symptoms was I started um, not being able to, or which is a bad thing in an accounting, or a client, I didn't know if they had income or loss. And then when you sit down with them, they, that's one of the things that they was on. They had income or loss. Um, I remember one time I had to sit in front of a board of directors of this nonprofit, and, I, and it's a big board of directors. And I remember sitting there thinking, yeah, what happened last year here? 
I'm hoping I can glance down at the report. It, it's just my brain could not handle any data. It was like, so I, I knew I had to do something. And I knew this was the first signs of Alzheimer's. That's what was wrong with me, that I needed to go to the doctor and get tested because that was, you know, there could be no other answer because it definitely couldn't be the alcohol. Because I, that, couldn't, that couldn't be my problem because if I, that was my problem, I was going to have to listen something I could do, you know, because I had tried to stop drinking a lot of times. You know, there was a point in my life where I thought that I stopped for seven years or six years. I thought my husband and I stopped together, but I cannot put that timeline together. I've tried. I mean, I, I cannot, you know, piece that. To, it was probably six months maybe with uh, weekends. I'm not sure about it counted weekends, you know. Um, but it was, you know, I tried. So, you know, sometimes when people say, well, you never relapsed. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I did. Many, many times. It was just before I got here, you know. I was, you know, beaten. In, I was totally uh, done when I got here. Anyway, uh, you know, I was working at that firm and um, not being able to talk, not being able to remember names and you know, really struggling with just daily life. Um, you know, I tried to join, like, the PTA because I kept trying to be normal. I went to the PTA, tried to join it, and I felt that those women were mean to me, that they didn't like the way I did things. Well, you know, I get on the uh, committee for some uh, fair thing that they're having, and I put the ad for it in the garage sale ad because I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not sober, you know, and they get mad about things like that because these women are serious about taking care of their children and what's going on in their lives, you know, and I'm just kind of, you know, rolling through. Um, and, and I'm, you know, at night I'm going out downtown with the, um, you know, I was, I don't know, was I my late 30s, and there was, uh, you know, the new accountants come in and they're like, you know, 22, 23 years old, and I'm chaperoning them uptown and downtown on Friday, Saturday night, or even tonight, because I don't think that they should just be out there by themselves. So I'm taking them out drinking, you know. Um, in my position, I'm taking them out drinking, and they're, they're having to sit in my car with me at night to make sure that I can drive home. You know, we were kind of that, and I was like the, you know, uh, my title was team leader, but it was really party planner. Um, <laughs> I was, we used to take the bus to Keeneland uh, once a year, and that was, um, that was, I don't think I've ever seen a horse run at Keeneland um, with, the, with the group ever. Um, and we would, uh, the April 15th party, you want to see some geek party in. April 15th party, run around trying to put, each, put tabs on other accounting firms, put, their, put charges on their tabs at the bars. It's funny. That's our big crazy night out. But, you know, um, I didn't drink like those other people in the firms. I was, you know, because I couldn't stop. They could stop, go get a cab, and go home on April Me, You know, I had to just take it to oblivion, not remember, because I was a blackout drinker. Um, I don't know, so that kind of kept on until, you know, I, I realized that nobody in my house was talking to each other. The dog was, nobody was, it just seemed like the dog, nobody was giving the dog attention. It was, you know, kind of a miserable situation. I noticed my husband wasn't talking to me anymore, but I thought, we'll catch up later. I mean, that's the kind of way I thought. I'm like, you know, we're going through a lot. Kids are growing up. We'll catch up later. I mean, I was just busy, self-centered, just working on what was going on with me, you know? Um, but 
You know, one day um, it was, I was invited to this uh, thing with our uh, firm for a client, downtown Cincinnati. You know, and I said my fear was always I don't want to get fired. We go downtown Cincinnati, and um, it was like this big dinner with them, and, you know, they want you to behave at these things, Lion. And, you know, there's always a boundary that you, or I tell, you know, I was never going to cross. You know? And one of them was behaving around a client. I was never going to get, you know, blackout you know, client. So we go to this nice thing, and, you know, it was, I get there early. I start drinking about noon. We, the thing was like at 7. I start drinking around noon because I'm getting ready because it's a big night, big party, getting dressed and everything. And um, start, you know, I get down there. I get there early and get to the bar because what if they show up and there's nobody there, you know, nobody to greet them at the bar. So I start at the bar early at this really nice restaurant. And, um, you know, I, the client comes in and everything. We get ready. The table's ready. And, and I remember taking, I was trying to drink wine because, um, again, my condition you know, was that, if I drank wine, I'd behave like a lady. Um, I didn't have any evidence that would tell me that that was true, but I thought it. So I um, had the, you know, I'm drinking this wine. I remember, forget, I had this big goblet, and uh, they're all ready, turning to go to the table, and I reached over to the bartender, and I said, fill up. And I mean, I was like, demand up. And she's like, okay, you know, she, she fills it up, and I'm at up, don't give me one of those little things. Fill it up. And so she fills it up because I know we're going to get to the table and they're going to order these bottles of wines to share around the whole table, these little bottles of wine. Those little bottles of wine hadn't been in my house for a long time. We had a giant bottles of wine or the boxes by this time. And we weren't even wine drinkers. We drank beer, you know, because that was for other people. But if it's there, we'll drink it, you know. And um, we went to the table and, um, and they ordered the wine, I'm sure, I'm, wasn't paying attention. I was drinking my wine. And then, you know, they, I remember they ordered hors d'oeuvres. And then somebody said, the client said they wanted to do shots. I usually stay away from shots because, you know, I have evidence that I shouldn't do shots in public. And um, I would do them at parties, you know, at my friend's house, but not in public. And um, I don't know. We did those couple shots, and I guess we did more. I don't know. I don't remember. I don't remember, but um, nobody else, you know, behaved the way I did. We, sh you know, I shut down the restaurant. They had to, they had to close it. And then um, I remember being uh, wheeled out of there in a wheelchair, somebody else's clothes, and um, they, because they had given me an option to call my husband or they're calling the police, and. You know, my husband finally showed up. They couldn't find him, and I was very nervous about that. But, you know, I it really didn't feel that um, horror of it all until the next morning when I woke up and thought, I, I want to leave my children. But I thought, I'm going to be fired. This is, this is, I remember laying there in bed, and my husband came up and said, this, this one's not going to get better, not this time. I really did it this time. Because, you know, I would, I'd be the one who always called my friends after a party. And they didn't invite me anymore to their neighborhood parties. Because um, he quit going with me to the parties. He, um, I guess he didn't like the way I behaved. And he wouldn't go with me anymore. So i just go by myself. I didn't care. And um, then they quit inviting me altogether. <laughs> um, but 
you know, I tell you, uh, that morning I, I just thought I just want to die. You know, I don't know if I have any other options. And I remember laying there thinking, you know, what am I going to do? Leave my kids? I thought, am I going to leave my kids with him? You know, I mean, I was struggling with it. You know, something, we had to go get my car, and something hit me that I needed to call a, I needed to, and I called the hotline. Um, and they told me where a meeting was, and, you know, because I had gone to the doctor, and they had suggested AA. Um, she sent me to a counseling place, and I had to do that questionnaire. And I was only, when I talked to her about the actual quantity, that, and she said, you need help to get better control, you know, better control over me. And I, um, but that day, I mean, I guess I heard it, because I, and um, the lady told me where a meeting was, and um, I thought, well, I'm just going to go, because I'm in trouble. I need to, I'm going to tell them, oh, I went to AA, you know. And, and um, I went to, um, and I, I had tried to call all these people from the night before, and nobody was taking my calls, and that was a bad sign. I knew it was a bad sign. They, I'm sure they disconnected my, um, you know, access to the firm, and I was going to be having my box of stuff sitting out in the hall. But, you know, what happened was I um, went back to work, and that client had called and said it was the oysters. That's what happened. She wasn't, it wasn't her. It was the oysters. She must have been allergic. And I, and I was ready to take, you know, take control of that uh, oyster excuse. But, you know, what happened was um, I went to that AA meeting. It was, on, it was downtown Cincinnati at lunch, and, you know, I, I heard nothing anybody said. I just knew when I said I was new, everybody looked at me and kept talking at me, and I didn't like that, and I, you know, wanted to run out of the room. And I knew I had this, like, I wore really big clothes that day because I was so of me. I hated me. I didn't know what I was going to do, you know. And um, I get back to work, and there's this young man who was there that night, and he came in my office, and he said, he shut the door, and he said, I think, but he comes and he goes, um, I want you to know that, um, it wasn't the oysters. It was you at all. You know, he was like in my face. This guy old, you know. But I you know I knew he was right. And I knew that that problem wasn't going to go away. So, you know, I'm, I don't know. I know I, I say I didn't hear nothing. But um, I went the next night to another meeting. And went to a beginner's meeting and was trying to find all the differences, you know. And I walked outside in this. I was going to my car to never come back again. I didn't know what I was going to do, but I wasn't going to come back there. I was going to try to find my way out of trouble. And I hear my name yelled through the parking lot. And I thought, no, they know my name. <laughs> and um, this man comes up and said, I saw you at that meeting yesterday. And are you okay? And I just like, it still gives me chills when I think about it. Because I was never going to come back. And I said, I remember, because I, you know, I, was, I was not an alcoholic. I was just overreacting. And I just came there because I was overreacting, and now I've gone too far, and I need to get away. And I was thinking, I'm just going to gather some data. And I said, uh, so do moms drink beer while their kids are eating dinner? I didn't want to tell him too much. And he said, I don't know, but you should come back here and ask these women. They know about that stuff. And I just felt like nobody had been nice to me a long time. You know, everybody was disgusted with me. So I went ahead, and um, the next day I went to another meeting downtown, and I heard this lady talking about the health the health effects of red wine. And I thought, that's who I need to talk to because she sounds like a reasonable person instead of all these other pers people. I don't even know what they're saying, but they don't sound reasonable. 
And I stopped, I called her. She gave me her number, and I called her, and uh, only to learn that she'd been sober 20 years, and she was just talking about something she read, and I thought it was like an AA trick to get me to call <laughs> a woman in the program. But, you know, what turned out was um, you know, she helped me through. That, that was like a temporary sponsor. She really helped me through the beginning of this program, and she, one of the first things she told me that helped me immensely was to go to women's leads um, until I could figure out if I was an alcoholic or not. Just I make up my own mind, and I try to get people to tell me if I was an alcoholic, and nobody in this program questioned for me, and I'm very grateful for that. Nobody told me I was an alcoholic. I had to figure it out myself. But anyway, this, um, she told me to go to these meetings, and um, I start going and sitting in the back, you know, in half measures land, and um, I would not say I was an alcoholic. I was just listening to pitiful stories, you know. I just thought, oh, um, that's sad. Get me out of here. And uh, I go up to this meeting um, because I don't want anybody to know me. I don't want anybody to find out that, you know, I had been there. And I go to um, this one, this lady did this lead, and when she got up there, she was talking. I thought, man, she looked. And she talked about her kids, and I thought her kids are the same age as my kids. And then she had been sober 14 years, and I thought, wow, we're just alike. Everything she was saying, I'm like, and then she talked about she just came back. She'd been out. And I thought, ain't no way I'm going through this again. I'm done. I mean, I just felt it, you know, like she is telling me what happened. I mean, it was just like I, I was hearing, and she was there to give me that message. You know, uh, I start going to meetings, and I start saying I was an alcoholic, and I, uh, I mean, I kind of, I disbelieved everything everybody told me. I just did what they said, which was amazing because I never did what anybody said. I was always independent. You know, I think, I, th- I said it was independence, but it really was, I think, just self-will run riot. Um, by the way, I um, start going to meetings, and this lady, um, she told me, uh, you know, that alcohol you have in your house, you need to pour that out. I'm like, what for? My husband's not going to, you know, agree to that. But, you know, and I kept telling her how he wasn't being very supportive. And she said, you know, well, you need to get out of your house or I'm going to come over there and I'm going to pour it out. I said, okay. So I went home and I told my husband, this lady's coming over here to pour the alcohol out. I mean, I didn't know she was just being, you know, helpful. And um, he's like, no, she's not. So we bagged it all up so we could stop her from coming over. (laughs) I don't know. He wasn't. But, he, you know, he was not supportive. Um, he wasn't uh, discouraging me either. He just wasn't supportive, and I didn't understand what was going on. But uh, I was seven weeks sober, um, and I was just really starting to feel good. You know, the trouble was starting to get better. You know, the people at work, uh, you know, I was walking on eggshells, but, you know, I was, I was not fired because they listened to that client. She did not want anything to happen to me because she was in the midst of it with me. She, um, she saved me, you know, from... Uh, but, you know, I ended up having to run away from that job. Uh, I, I mean, I couldn't drink. It, right, I was a party planner. But anyway, I, um, I don't know. I didn't know what was going on, and I was feeling better, and I was going to meetings, and I, was, I had a friend. I had, finally had a friend. This lady uh, at the meeting introduced me to this girl outside, and she said, your kids are about the same age. You two should go to meetings together. And when I was doing everybody, and we just start calling each other, and, and that we were both only had like, you know, two, three weeks, and, we, and she taught me about art, which, you know, I didn't even have a favorite color when I got in here. I didn't, at our house, we weren't allowed to hang anything on the walls because 
you would put a nail hole in the wall. So no hanging nothing on the walls. So, um, you know, she taught me about art and about um, colors, and she was very art, you know, she was very talented. And um, I started having fun again, fun without alcohol. I couldn't believe, you know, I, you know who wouldn't know that sitting up, you know, on coffee? But, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't have asked for anything better. It was the best. Well, um, I don't know, seven weeks into sobriety, um, I was trying to avoid being self-centered. They're having a fire alarm at work. I worked on the 20th floor. I didn't want to do that in heels. I didn't want to do the steps in heels. So instead of coming back to the office, I went home. And I walked in on my husband with a, he had a, a guest over who I didn't know was invited. And um, turns out, yeah, so, so, you know, and I thought that was the worst thing in the world, you know, that, you know, seven weeks sober, you know, what's, you know, this, my life's over. And it turns out, you know, nothing better meant. Because the truth is, um, that was seven weeks into sobriety. It might have only been um, two more weeks, I don't know. But he always told me what I wanted to hear. Always. And eventually, um, I would have said I wanted to take a drink. We would have been, you know, on vacation or something, because that's what had happened in the past. And I would have picked up and not said nothing about it or, you know, given me a little pat on the back because, you know, it's okay. You're not an alcoholic. You know, you're fine. And truth is, if that Band-Aid hadn't been ripped off, um, I would be out there drinking today. And he... um. You know, I, of course, asked him to, you know, it was the beginning of a new life for him, really. We're, we're really good friends today, i got to tell you that. <laughs> we're, we're friends. But he, um, he moved on, went, made a new life, and, and I went forward with my uh, program. And it was, you know, it was, wasn't easy. You know, the women in AA really pulled me out because, um, you know, of course, I didn't want to get out of bed. I didn't want to go to meetings. They came and got me and, you know, drugged me to meetings. Um, and it was just, you know, learning learning how to live on life's terms, you know, just moving ahead. You know, it, you know, like I said, I've done so many more things in sobriety than I would have done drinking. I think mostly because I remember them, but because it's um, you know, just doing them with other people help me think them through. You know, I, I, I have a sponsor who I can bounce things off of now. You know, and it's when I decide that I'm going to run my own life that I, be, I get myself in some trouble. So, you know, the, the situation that happened was, you know, um, we went ahead, I went through that. You know, as soon as I, you know, if some people lose everything before they come in the program, you know, the material things, I lost it all right after I got here because, you know, that coupled with that divorce, um, I lost, you know, the house, you know, even, um, he went, you know, rehab, whatever we do. And then... Um, we all, you know, everything else went. You know, it was it got very rough, and my younger son and I had to move into you know, out of the neighborhood into a different place, and it was pretty rough for a while. But you know, everybody was there. I mean, I, I don't at the time. I mean, I was just having fun in the room. I was just I just felt like um, God had my had my plan, um, and it was going to be better. Everybody kept telling me it was going to be better than one, any plan that I had ever thought about. And I believed everything they said. You know, I just went along with them. They said, get in the car, go to this conference with these girls you don't know, you'll be fine. And um, I did it. I just got in the car and went with them. And I had a, you know, great time. But I'll tell you, um, you know, it got a little bit rough. But, you know, life went on, and then, um, you know, when kids get older and 
I don't know, um, I'm in the middle of AA, and then um, my youngest son went away to college, and something changed in me, and I wanted to, um, I don't know, I guess I wanted to die again, um, seven years sober, and it, it was just like I had fallen off again, and I, you know, I don't know that I wanted to drink, but I, um, I just didn't feel like I had any um, purpose in life anymore, and I didn't know what was going on with me, you know, I don't, I've never been through that before, I didn't know. And I don't think I opened up about it at the thing. And, um, you know, things just got kind of dark for a little while. So, you know, I told my sponsor I was going to start running my own life. Because I thought when I heard her say, you're running your own life, I thought that meant that she wanted to run my life. I didn't realize she was saying, you know, pay attention to God's plan. So, you know, what happened was I was running my own life. And in a very short period of time, I'm remarried to um, an alcoholic in the program. And... um. You know, it didn't, you know, some people, you know, that works out, you know, beautifully. But in this case, you know, it did not. <laughs> and it was, um, you know, I am doing, I was running my own life, and um, I wasn't listening to what my sponsor had to say or my friends or anybody. And if I had, I'm sure I would have made a different decision. But unfortunately, you know, um, my husband was an addict. He was an active addict. And, um Things had to change quickly. You know, and what I learned was, you know, I married him for the wrong reason. made it um, difficult for him, and I, you know, reversed my decision as quick as I could. So I was very embarrassed by that, and I um, wouldn't tell anybody at work. You know, they, they're like, they're celebrating my wedding, and I'm already divorced, you know. I wouldn't tell anybody. They, they'd be telling me, you know, you know how's so-and-so? And I'm like, oh, great, he's uh, at work. Because I'm thinking he would be at work if he... I think he'd be at work now, you know. <laughs> I don't know. I wouldn't tell anybody for a long time. I mean, year or so, you know. It was, it was difficult. But I'll tell you, um, you know, I, through everything that's happened to me in this program, I have grown. You know, I've grown. I've learned different things. And it was just a few weeks ago, um, I was at my house, and um, I was thinking, you know, you know, my youngest son, he, this is kind of funny because now he's back again. Um, here we are, you know, six years later, he's back, um, finishing, now he's, you know, finishing. we're thinking he might get a job, that's what I'm praying for now, but he, um, so he's back home, and um, he's coming and going, and, you know, one night I was sitting in my bed, and um, I had come home from a meeting, had gone to bed, and I turned on my favorite show, and um, I had my little cup of, I'm addicted to spice drops, 10 a day, that's it, I tried to and um, I had my little um, spice drop sitting there, and I thought, what else can I have? I mean, this is the perfect life. I've got it all. You know, I've got my friends in this favorite show. <laughs> I've got, you know what I mean? I just, I, kept, I sat there and I thought, I'm just, what's wrong with the now? It's what I wanted always. You know, I, wasn't, I didn't feel any fear. I didn't feel anything. I didn't want nothing else. So happy, because, you know, my my oldest son, who got sober right after me, totally not connected to me. How and, um, I mean that's a blessing. Uh, I I look at him. And I think in the you know centered it doesn't live by me. Um, you know I just been uh, fortunate to be able to you know try to stay in today. I hope you know after seeing <laughs> that um, I can you know and. Uh, be grateful that God didn't let my listen to everybody in the car and put my phone down. But, you know, I want to thank everybody for being here.